And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're gonna tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Bird to your mother, it's time for another episode of Birds with Friends. Just a trio of feathery brethren, weather in any season to see the Eagles eating teams like Scrammy's Top with cheese. It's Philadelphia, Bo Sheel and Zach kicking it cooler than three penguins till Zach runs off with his valet keys. He's a real nuanced goose. Pull up a branch, get loose. It's time for some juice on some birds with friends. The early bird gets the worm, but prefers getting turned like a turn on some birds with friends. Boshiel and Zach coming at you with steps and things, flapping their wings on birds with friends. All I know is Zach said he has a game where birds he don't read both 7,000 <laughs> And I said, I'm in. Let's go. Let's do it. <laughs> and so the yeah, purpose of that's what I, really what I needed was not to get at least one more reader. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to a Wednesday morning edition of Birds with Friends. Bo Wolf here, joined by Marissa Morris, Zach Berman, and Shilka Padia. Everybody wants to know, Shil, how you doing? But, you know, Marissa and I were talking about passwords before we logged mm. on here. And, you know, when I open up my uh, Chrome browser, I get this message like 34 of your passwords might have been breached. Yeah, I've got that too. Like 12 well, uh, of them. Yeah. What am I supposed to do about that? Well, I, I, you know what happened? There was a, uh, this is, this, this is a bit of a tangent, but, uh, I, I got like, we're a only cold, 30 seconds into the show. I got a like cold DM from, uh, from, uh, John Wertheim. Oh, uh-huh, flex. And, and, and clicked on the link and it was definitely not him. It was like, and then I see on Twitter, like, don't click a link from John Wertheim. Mm. Uh, and so I like, I closed the window right away, but then my, like, my Disney, uh, plus, account like was hacked or something like that and, and so i go two? through and change change all my passwords uh but i'm still like on edge that that someone's got all my information and you know someone's probably got all our information anyway but where uh, where am i what what's where am i supposed to store all my passwords zach i feel like you would be able to answer this well there are apps you can do it uh an app so. how do i trust an app that it's if i'm gonna put well, them all true. in an app true but uh, some people just use their their notes on their phone right uh, or what you do is mm. is you just have a uniform password that uh, that can apply that so you, you can't change do everything. that because sometimes they mm. make you do the symbol Every, yeah, because sometimes then, I mean, they want to go capital well that's why you right. get one password that that fulfills that criteria or you get like a series of three different passwords and and, and you know it's one of those three yeah shouldn't you diversify i mean because then if you, you want if somebody gets it's one fun. of them they if they get my disney plus they've got my bank account also that is you know ooh. yeah I, well, well when i went to change that's, them that's all tmi I, I, right I, there yeah. I, tried, I, I tried to come up with uh you know things i would remember and like by a week later i had already forgotten them all, it's, all right. i'm with uh, you it's it's tough uh, you know the listeners have helped us out in the past i think they could give us some good uh you know, uh, what's a safe, easy way to do this? I mean, uh, you know, I can't just be having 34 passwords breached here. We should ask Tony Pauline. Okay. All and right. then you have to be Eagle careful style. with your, and you have to be careful with your uh, password hint questions because 
you could have an, mm, uh, a, a curious away. a curious podcast host who is uh, asking every uh, question, every personal mm. question in the book. To, uh, That's, the mm. That's exactly right. Uh, you guys excited for the snow? Yeah, I don't do weather talk. Move on. Mm. <laughs> Anti-weather guy. Got it. Uh, uh, Rachel cut Casey's hair this morning. You guys interested in that? Woke up sure. to him screaming. Mm. That was good stuff. Had his birthday on Monday. Oh, I didn't Anything realize that. Anything else you guys want to talk about? So you Happy let him birthday. keep his ha- keep his hair for the birthday, huh? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Well, at some point, I would like to talk about the Eagles, but this is this is good. It's stuff only too. been like two minutes. <laughs> what else is going on? All right, fine. Uh, so, with that in mind. Let's uh, let's send it over first to uh, Gary with the weather, and then after that, we'll get the news update, the sports update from Zach Berman, our Stone Cold Newsman. Well, the biggest news came on Monday, so since we last spoke, and that is Jalen Hurts is going to start on Sunday against the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, that was a fairly obvious decision, but Doug Peterson made it official Monday afternoon. Major injury updates here. Uh, last week, the Eagles kind of escaped those those big injuries. This year, not so lucky. Or, or, or this week. I said last week. This week, not so lucky. Rodney McLeod will miss the rest of the season with a torn ACL. Darius Slay is in the concussion protocol. Avante Maddox will miss some time, which in, in Doug Peterson parlance means a few weeks. An Josh Sweat is go- speaking. <laughs> Josh Sweat is going to be okay uh, for Sunday. And then the... the <laughs> The injury that Doug Peterson did not announce was broken by Mike Garofolo of NFL Media, and congratulations to Mike. He became a father for the second time last week. Uh, Jack Driscoll, the Eagles' rookie starting Doesn't right he tackle. Have, does he have twins? No, no. I don't think so. No? no. Okay, no. sorry. No, he had his, uh, uh, Jack Driscoll, the starting right tackle, is, is uh, out for the season. So Driscoll, who's been battling injury – Problems throughout the year showed some promise when he was out there. He's now out, so that means the Eagles will be with their 13th different starting offensive line in 14 games. My assumption is that it'll be Matt Pryor. I I had. You don't want to make an ass out of you and (laughs) Emotion. Yeah, perhaps they go with Brett Toth, but uh, my guess is is that is Matt Pryor in that spot. And then the last thing I, I would say, and this is minor, but. It was a move on the 53-man roster. It was the Eagles signed off Washington's practice squad. I'm going to butcher the last name. I should have worked on the pronunciation. But Ross uh, Persbacher, is that correct? That uh, could Piersbacher, be right. Piersbacher, Piersbacher. I think I would have said but yeah. Okay. You didn't butcher it too bad. Uh, was no, like, Yeah, 2019 fifth-round pick from Alabama, former teammate of, of Jalen Hurts. Uh, gives the Eagles another developmental Offensive lineman, obviously, with Dresk with uh, Driscoll out, uh, gives them some depth. My guess too is because he's an interior guy that you will see prior at right tackle now. Do you think they're pandering too much to Jalen Hurts, just bringing in all all his old buddies <laughs> on the roster? Plays one game, all of a sudden, you know, uh, they're doing anything the guy wants. Seriously, seriously. This is like the uh, the who is it? C.J. Smith. Who they had from North Dakota yes. State? I mean, yes, please, rookie you're year. asking the wrong guy. And and there was no, one I'm point. I'm asking the right they, guy. I wasn't asking you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, that's and, right. And and then they signed a uh, a tight end slash fullback from North Dakota State too. So there was one point that when they had three North Dakota State players on their roster. 
So how many uh, offensive line combinations are we up to here? This will be well. That just starting Start. line combinations. This will be number thirteen in game number fourteen. Thirteen. Oh my gosh, that, it's insane. Okay. And even the one that they had too, like the guys got injured halfway through the game, so they they have not had like the same offensive line for two full games. And yet the Eagles ranked tenth in ESPN's pass block win rate metric, which I would say they haven't performed that high, but I would put them in the mediocre class of the NFL in terms of offensive line performance this year. Yeah, I think they're in the you know the big middle, probably. Yeah, a credit to credit to just exactly. Pay your. I was. Oh no, I was just going to oh, say. Well, actually, yeah, oh. we're probably on the, on the same wavelength yeah. here because I I saw a Bruce Feldman story that offensive line coaches are becoming uh like like the 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 big assistant coaches in college football, the mm, highest paid yeah. uh, position coaches on the staff, and I imagine that's what that you were tracks, about to say. I think. Your offensive yeah, line. I would say if you're a uh, coach or owner, and you have a uh, let's assume you have your like offensive play caller as your head coach, then it's like defensive coordinator, offensive line coach, and figure everything else out after that. Well, I would actually uh, the one thing I would put up above both of those is Ivy League wide receivers coach. Correct. Well, that's that the one you got to pay. You yeah, got to pay I top mean, really, dollar to. How many times are they going to fail at that hire before they get the right guy? Unbelievable. Uh, but yeah, I think that's right. And on and on Driscoll, um, you know, a promising rookie season, but he, he he couldn't stay healthy all year. So you wonder if the uh, if the MCL is what was bothering him throughout the season, even though it was, I think he, they said an ankle throughout most of the year. Uh, but if you can't, uh, you know, if you can't count on him to stay healthy, it's not like you can pencil him. And not that they you know are going to be penciling him in as a starter because Lane Johnson's not going anywhere, and you've got some options at left tackle, but. Um, you know, I guess a promising rookie year. Probably the, depending on what we see from Jalen Hurts, the the second best player from the draft class. No, I would. I mean, so I would yeah, I, I don't think I would agree him, with that. No, 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 no. I'm saying, I'm saying, put what? put Hurts aside, and then and then oh, Rager yes. one, and then ah, uh, okay, yes. Oh, without yeah. a doubt, yes. I mean, who else would be in the running here? <laughs> yeah, you know, Quez had his catch for three yards the other day. Yeah, Kayvon Wallace has a chance here over these next few well. weeks. Uh, yeah, one quick clarification, by the way. It was, <laughs> that sounds like it was, we're going to uh, get USA some Kayvon Wallace notes from the, in the squad. No, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Have you seen him? Has there been one play where you've no. been like, well, all right, there? I, I mean, I haven't. I mean, he, he seems like a, a rookie who's, uh, uh, is it head is swimming? No, no, swimming? no. Spinning. What's the, what's His head the word? is spinning. Okay, what's the, he what's is, the swimming? He, he is swimming out there. Sw- is that is that a saying? He's swimming out there. Uh, can't keep his head. Uh, his, can't keep his head his above heads water. underwater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's the one. Yeah. How about that? He's one? struggling to keep his head above yeah. water. He's just yeah. Above water. Yeah. Nah, I'm not happy with any of those. I, I don't think know. head They're is spinning maybe... a little bit as what. Is no, what no, I no, I definitely wanted to hit the swimming, uh, mm. a water one, as a sports Indian. I was trying to go for a water one, but uh, anyway, he looks like he does not look like he's uh, he's ready to be playing. And making plays, but uh, these will be some, I guess, valuable reps for him down the stretch. They haven't take the uh, they haven't taken the floaties off of him yet. Well, one quick I'm just trying uh, to hit something there. Yeah, one quick clarification because I, I don't want to falsely credit. What a disjointed start to the podcast. <laughs> uh, it was USA Today that wrote that offensive line story. It was not Bruce Feldman. Um, 
So just just want to give the proper credit. <laughs> we do have a That's chance. One of my... We do have a chance for this to be the worst podcast yeah, of the year. I'd say so. I mean, we're 11, 11 minutes in. I said I would say we're on that trajectory. Yeah, I think that's I think that's probably accurate. I do one of my favorite uh, new uh, running uh, gags is when Zach uh, corrects a fact like eight minutes later. That's good stuff. He, re- he respects the he respects the uh, the integrity of the fact. Um, <clears throat> what did you guys? What do you make of the Rodney McLeod? Uh, injury, I guess, obviously, a, you know, a huge blow to the actual defense. Um, and he is signed through next season, guaranteed. So he's not going anywhere, even though he's got a, a torn ACL. Who knows when he'll be ready for next season? Uh, I thought he was maybe the most consistent player on the defense this season. I thought he was really good, but he is over 30. And so you can't be super surprised when he when he goes down. Yeah, uh I suppose this is a, a little bit of a flex, but it's it's not meant to be this way. It's a, it's meant to affirm what you, what you were saying. Is I, I I spoke to someone from a different staff who played the Eagles and Big asked flex. about and asked about the Eagles and uh, and the person was like really impressed with the way Rodney McLeod was playing this year. Uh, so I, I point that out as, as a way of saying you're right. He was uh, he was playing at a high level, probably somewhat under the radar because of the record and because so much attention is, is paid to say Darius Slay or, or some other players on that defense. But I, he's, he's probably, he's probably been outperforming his contract. Uh, this is now his, his, his second torn ACL in three years, tough time to tear an ACL. It, it, obviously for a reference point, fans remember Carson Wentz tearing the ACL around the same date. And Carson, it was his first one, and he didn't return until week uh, uh, week three of the following season. And now Rodney is is older. I, obviously, everybody's different, but he's he's older, and 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 so it's uh, he he plays a position that requires uh, speed more. Uh, so this is just a, it's a devastating injury for Rodney. It's a it's a devastating injury for the Eagles, both for the last three games of the season and also figuring out their plans for, for 2021, because if nothing else, they're going to need protection in that spot in, in case Ronnie doesn't look the way they want him to in the, in the uh, summer. Yeah. I would say on a roster filled with question marks. Now you have another one for 2021 because you <laughs> have well a, said, yeah. you have a, you know, a guy who was like your most, re- one of your most reliable players this year will be coming off a knee injury over 30 and you don't know when he will be back and you don't know what he will look like when he is back. And so it just adds another sort of uh, sort of wrinkle, I guess, to your roster planning for 2021. Well, we can talk about this because I, I wanted to get uh, ask you guys a question. Um, but just like the general state of the roster, we focus so much on uh, what's going to happen at quarterback and what's going to happen with the head coach and the general manager. Uh, but like the actual roster is in pretty bad shape. Um, we're doing this exercise with, with Kevin Fishbane, who covers the Bears, like who's, who's in uh, worse shape, the Eagles or the Bears long term. Hmm. And one of the questions is, is just the roster. And you look at the, ros- the Eagles roster, like the, the, the amount of players on the team who are good, young, and like play an important position, a non-fungible position for the Eagles, I think it's basically Josh Sweat and nobody else. I was just like, I was just working on this exercise before we came on the podcast. Okay, uh, and like that's it. Like Miles Sanders is good, but he's a running back. Dallas Goddard's pretty good, but you know you're going to pay him top dollar at tight end. I don't know if that's worth it. Uh, Derek Barnett's good, but they might not be able to afford to pay him. Um, 
that's about it. Like maybe Jordan Mailata joins that group. Uh, maybe you thought that Travis Fulgham was going to join that group. Not anymore. They've got and they've got like long term questions at uh, probably all four spots in the secondary. If you, I mean, you can say that that Slay is going to be good, but you're going to have to uh, replace him eventually. Every linebacker spot, um, you know, at least one defensive end spot. The offensive line, who knows what's going to happen? Like the the state of the roster, it I I think it's a um, it's an indication that like there are quick fixes in the NFL. Things can turn around, but this is not going to be like a situation with the Browns this year where just getting some competency is going to make a big difference. Uh, it's going to take either like a quarterback who can lift everybody up uh, or a coach who can lift everybody up. It's not going to be just like this roster uh, coming into form and then and then just you know playing down the middle from there. Yeah, I I think it's an outstanding point, and it's something that should definitely get more attention, especially as we get into January and and February, because the way I look at it is your last three draft classes, because your last three draft classes will be players who are on their rookie contracts next season. And if you look at their last three draft classes, how many of those players you can project as starters in 2021, it's probably Dallas Goddard, maybe Avanti Maddox. Like, like I, I know they think highly of Maddox. I think Sweat's a starting caliber player. Yep. Uh, and then you have you ha- you potentially have 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 Mylata. The problem with Mylata is that next year's class you have Dillard, right? So if <laughs> it's it's one or the other. Uh, and then you have Miles Sanders. No one else from that class. And then this year's class, fine. Maybe we put Rager in there. Maybe we put Dr- uh, Driscoll in there. But besides that, no one else from that class has shown he can be a starting caliber player yet. So. That is where, like, like you need those three classes to produce more starters than what they produced. I think you're overstating it uh, a little bit in terms of how bad their roster is for next year. I mean, you look at it like, I don't know, you can't just poo-poo Sanders. Like, you know, he he, yeah. has, he has the ceiling okay. to be a... I understand it's a, it's a position where you can find people, but I, I think he's uh, uh, exciting... I mean, he, he can change a game. We, we've seen it multiple times this year. He can totally change the game with with one run and is a home run hitter. I mean, I think defensive end, uh, you're in pretty, you're in good shape. I mean, Barnett, Sweat, Brandon Graham is pretty good. I mean, that's going to be better than most teams there. And two of those players are young. Looking into it's very good, but they, they like they literally may not be able. To- to afford to keep Derek Barnett. Well, I was looking. I was looking at their roster. So I think he's a. He's a. So I thought he played very well uh, in that game Sunday. Do you think they extend Derek Barnett this off season? I think. They I should. think if he's on the team, they have to. I. I don't think he can play on the fifth year option. Like, oh, he can. So I, I shouldn't use that verb. But I don't. If if he's on the fifth year option, you're you're paying him probably more than what he's worth, right? And. Uh, and there's no certainty. They they were in this position with with Nelson Aguilar. If you want him long term, sign him to an extension. If you're not sure, I don't know if you keep him because I think you're, they need, you're keeping him at a high figure. I think they need to sign him to an extension, uh, even though they're tied up against the cap. Because I mean, as we're as we're talking about in this exercise, they don't have good young players. They should not be. They cannot be in the business of just getting rid of good young players. So the fifth year option for him will will be just over ten million. No, that's a. I mean that that's a, a going to be a bargain compared, in my opinion, compared to what he's going to get. I mean, I look at it, and um, you know, I think maybe like a Dante Fowler might be a good comp 
for him as I was just scrolling through some defensive ends before the podcast. He got $15 million a year last year from the Falcons. Uh, I kind of feel like that's the floor for Derek Barnett. Now, again, we don't know exactly what the salary cap's going to be, so you, would, you might have to adjust and all those different uh, types of things, but it hasn't stopped guys from getting big money extensions uh, even in season. So uh, now the reason I thought... That, I agree with that, though, but the cap hits lower. That's, the, that, that's my well, point. Well, that's the thing. This yeah. is the thing. If you want to keep Derek Barnett and think you're going to sign him to an extension, then yes, you you extend him this. He's one of the few people, the few young players you can sign to an extension this offseason, lower, you know, do the cap gymnastics, mm-hmm. lower the cap hit for 2021. And he, I mean, he's only 24 years old. And so yes. uh, like I would probably, I would probably do that Dante Fowler deal. Now that might be the floor. I mean, who knows if he has a strong finish to the season, the top paid defensive ends you know if is he in the frank would he be considered in the frank clark category he hasn't been as productive as clark was but clark got like 20 million a year so that's that's the kind of price tag you're looking for to keep Derek barnett and if you're barnett uh you know you got to be it's got to be good enough to where you're motivated to take that deal now of course they could use the franchise tag then in 2022 so there are uh there is some leverage on the uh, team's end there, I guess, that they could keep you uh, under team control for two more years beyond this year. But And he's had some injuries to consider. Yeah. But- I yeah. think the most comparable example uh, would be Zadarius Smith um, coming into free agency from Baltimore, a player who has a lot of talent, who has some production, but like not elite production, but you're looking at the player and you're thinking the production is going to be better in that second contract, and that's exactly what happened with Zadarius Smith. Okay, yeah, that was $16.5 million, so that was more yeah. than uh, Dante Fowler. Now, Zadarius Smith, Smith was uh, older, I believe. Just two years older, yeah. Two years older, okay. So he, he was, was still... coming off an eight-and-a-half sack season. Yeah, okay. So uh, I think uh, that's a, Yeah, that's a fine comparison. It's not a bad one. But yeah. like Barnett, never had double-digit sacks. Right. But you, you, you saw the the Was talent. not a full-time starter, yeah. Yeah, so so that's the range you're talking about. So that to me is like one of the moves they could make uh, this offseason. So you know, talking to about your uh, your roster thing there. So I think defensive line they're going to be pretty good next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, you know, they I, I think you're bringing back pretty much the entire defensive line, mm-hmm. right? So uh, and it's and your be, boy is coming into his own. He yes, he he will. I will say that Javon Hargrave. I thought that was his best game as an Eagle. On uh, on Sunday, so I was crushing him earlier in the season. Maybe it was uh, getting adjusted to the scheme. Maybe it was uh, the injury from uh, preseason. But he's definitely played better now. Uh, I would I would continue to say I would not want him, if I could have that uh, move back. I would not want him for fifteen million dollars on the cap next year, given the state of the roster. You know, I would be happy to uh, roll with uh, with somebody else there. But um, he he's definitely played well and you know maybe he, yeah he, he's one of the players you could say could improve for next year uh linebacker i mean you're not gonna be worse than you are this year you know that's true uh i, I got we know that i i think so how could you be worse than you are this year i mean is anybody on the roster one of your young guys on the roster this year going to be worse next year well, if they, I'm assuming they're going to address it more earnestly this off season. All right, so then if, you would think it would be better. If they don't, then then well, I I think what what they would do is they would probably push a Davion Taylor into into a starting spot, right? So like I I don't think they would just go in and say Alex Singleton, T.J. Edwards. This is and and uh, Duke Riley's a free agent. 
Uh, Nate Gary's a free agent, so so if they don't replace those guys, if they replace those guys with mid round picks, then there is a chance there there could be regression. I mean, now, if you if you can't if you can't find yourself Duke Riley Nate Gary level <laughs> linebacker play, then you got a lot of issues. You are correct. I mean, it, it is possible they've screwed it up before, but I would think I would say the most likely outcome is that you're able to find that level of play. Uh, at, at linebacker, and I got some. Alex I do think Singleton they just numbers for you. Okay, I was gonna say I think they just need one like good linebacker, and then yeah. the rest of the guys are are fine as the other linebackers. Well, I think depending where they pick, there's gonna be a lot of Mika Parsons. Uh, God, would that oh, be a God, Tara, pick. Well, I mean, fire everybody, really. If they no, do like that. no, I'm 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 not saying that. I think there's gonna be that debate in Philadelphia. Well, that's oh, a gosh. dumb debate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can have that debate right now here yeah. and say no, no. Thanks. I'm excited to get to the Isaiah Simmons discussion on Friday. <laughs> well, uh, Al- okay, so Alex Singleton became a starter in week six. All right, so from week six to week 14, where do you think he ranks uh, total tackles? He actually ranks in the same place, total tackles, uh, solo tackles, and tackles per game, which is kind of weird, but he ranks in the exact same place in all three of those spots. Where do you think he ranks league-wide? Fourth. Seventh. <laughs> Fourth? Wow. Uh, yeah, but I guess the nature of the question, you figured he's doing pretty well. I thought you were, I did not think you were going to overshoot his, uh, his performance. He ranks tied for sixth. Okay. Over that span, 9.3 uh, tackles per game. I thought he had his best game of the season on Sunday against the uh against okay. the saints he was flying around so uh yeah i don't think it's crazy to like pencil him in to uh to a you know media as a mediocre at least starting caliber uh linebacker he he does and, the he does credit the thing the that, there too i i i'm just gonna jump in real quick uh yeah. a, a credit to you because in our uh bi-week predictions you and i made when I, I said T.J. Edwards is going to play the most snaps at linebacker the rest of the season, mm. and in your in your counter to that, you said you would have Alex Singleton out there. You know, you really remember everything. Like, <laughs> lit, literally a take. There was no chance I would have ever remembered having. Even now, I'm wondering, did I actually write that? Yes. And you, I mean, you're on your mind. I don't know what you're, uh, you're not like a caffeine guy, right? Maybe is the caffeine no. killing my brain cells? What, what's your, uh, what, do you, what are your, like, your nutrition secrets that, I, that have this that, memory? Are you eating a lot of I almonds? Wish, my mom's I wish I had almond better person. Nutri- I wish I had better nutrition. I just, oh. I, I read a lot and, and that's I, scary. Yeah. Alex. Well, this is also, I, I, I think there's a good chance if we were recording this at 10 o'clock at night, Zach might not have remembered that, but <laughs> we're, we're in that his sweet true. spot right now. Yeah. nine ten a.m. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, that's, uh, Alex Singleton does the, the, the thing that players and coaches always talk about where they're like, if you're going to screw up, just, you know, just screw up fast because, you know, like that's yeah, what he does. That's de- what he does. He ju- yeah. He just, and I like linebackers, like all about instincts, really. I mean, that's the position. And that is it, not Nate Gary. No, but, but Singleton's just like, all right, here's what I think's happening. I'm going to, I'm going to trigger. And, uh, when it works, it looks really good. I feel like he hasn't, you know, I wouldn't say he's been exposed a lot of times, uh, this year. So, yeah, I feel like his, 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 um, big mistakes have been plays when he's not shooting downhill. Like, you know, he missed the tackle on the, uh, the Aaron Jones touchdown run at the second level. I think he missed the tackle on the Chubb long touchdown run too. Yeah. Uh, it, it seems like that when, when he's stuck in space is when, um, he gets exploited. He will miss tackles. Yes, that, that that's true. Uh, secondary, I would say, is definitely a, a big question mark. 
on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, and then offensively, like I think the offensive line is going to be mediocre at least. I don't know. It should is be it? good next year. Like, yeah, they've got the, a lot of the, young, all of young these players. reps will help next season, and your the the other the guys who are actually good will theoretically be healthier than they were this year. Correct. Except, now, for, except for Kelsey. Now, if Kelsey retires, then that uh, you know that obviously throws a wrench into it. But yeah, I think the offensive line is okay, and wide receiver. I mean, you would expect Rager at least to improve, and I would think you would be. Uh, I mean, not that we should be giving them the benefit of the doubt for this, but I would think you're probably going to be spending another early pick on a wide receiver. Or, yeah, I mean, you kind of have to. Uh, you know, they, they obviously don't believe in Travis Fulgham. I mean, unless you're talking about a new coaching staff or something like that. So uh, wide receiver, question mark, secondary, question mark. I think they're fine up front on both sides of the ball. And so I don't think, uh, you know, I, I, I don't like the roster overall, but I'm just saying for 2021, like when I'm answering this question on the, this bears Eagles thing, so you got, you guys have me being the judge. I don't know if you knew that or not, uh, Bo, but, uh, I knew that. Yeah. okay. So I was just, uh, filling this out and I think I'm going to lean towards the Eagles on that core players mm, returning. Wow. I mean, the bear get people to click. They already know the answer. The bears, <laughs> Uh, listen, I don't know that there's a lot of crossover between yeah. our birds with friends audience and a bears Eagles, uh, judging Maybe, maybe there is, I don't know. Maybe I could be totally wrong about that, but the bears have like better pieces on defense, but their offense is a complete mm-hmm. disaster. I mean, they've got nothing. And so, uh, that, that kind of steered me in the Eagles direction. Yeah. I don't, I don't think that, uh, I, I don't mean the, uh, you know, the roster being in bad shape to say that the Eagles have like no chance of being good long term. Um, I think they have a chance to be, you know, they could win this division again next year. Um, I just think like part part of it is like you're if you're trying to sell a coach on on coming here, um, like who's the who are the selling points? There's no there's no like we're gonna build around this guy or uh, there's well, like, there's no what? superstars. Have you I not the egos of of uh, of coaches? I mean, really, you don't think there's coaches out there who are gonna be like, oh my gosh, give me Carson Wentz or, or Jalen Hurts. Watch what I'm well, gonna do. Are they gonna be offense. like? Are they gonna be like? I want to work with Howie Roseman. Well, no, but if you're taking the job, yes. I mean, <laughs> well, well, that's you... the well, that's the whole but, thing. But no, but that's I, different I, than I, the I, roster, though. That's completely okay. different. Plus, I I, I disagree true. with with your assessment of of. Like you're still getting an offensive line that has two all pro caliber players on the right side. They're both coming off season ending injuries, but like that's a 32 and 33. Yeah. But that's, that's better than if, if if you're inheriting a different job, like Shiel said that, that defensive line, uh, there are a lot of teams that, that would kill to have that defensive line. So I don't think it's completely barren. And, uh, and I, I certainly don't think that there's, there's, I, I do believe there's holes, but what Shield said, if you're taking this job, you're taking it because you believe Carson Wentz can be a quarter, can be a franchise quarterback. Well, maybe. All right. Is that our transition to the Squall 22, or do we have other stuff? I guess that's about it. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Is there anything else on the roster? I, I think we hit on most of the roster. And we can talk about some of these players we can probably talk about. I hate the idea of I, I just hate the idea of you, you you looking for a coach who believes in Carson Wentz as the determining factor on who you're going to hire. Yeah, I like, would agree. no, I think that's right, but you definitely could have a coach who if comes in for the interview and Jeffrey Lurie says our preference would be to keep Carson Wentz, 
And the coach would say, oh, yeah, you know, I'm on board with that. You know, I, I've watched this guy on film. I watch what I do. You know, here's what you got to do with him type deal. And so I don't think I don't think a coach is going to come in and be like, "Ooh, I'm not taking this job because of because of that. I, I, you know. So anyway. Yeah. OK. After this podcast was recorded, the Eagles announced the promotion of undrafted rookie defensive back Elijah Riley to the active roster from the practice squad, thereby rendering the earlier discussion of the state of the roster completely moot. The official under-the-radar undrafted rookie of Bo Wolf, Riley will guarantee the Eagles finish the season 3-0, make the playoffs, win the Super Bowl, save everyone's job, and he will win defensive rookie of the year looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone luckily with 24 7 us-based live customer service from discover everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime day or night yep you heard that right you can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. <clears throat> let's hear your. Uh, let, let's hear the squad. Where do we too. start with? I like when you throw some questions my way to get me get me started. Okay. Well, I think the I think the big question is how different did the scheme look with Jalen Hurts at quarterback? Well, offensively, it, it looked very it looked very different. I mean, I think the whole game plan was basically uh, based around I, I would say three things. One is the uh, run game, which obviously includes. Jalen Hurts, in which we talked about after the game, he's really good at. And I got to say, I mean, I don't like to be like the, um, you know, there's a revolution in the NFL or hyperbole, mm. but <clears throat> man, if, if I were running a team, I would really be uh, attracted to finding a quarterback who can be a part of the run game. I just feel like it, it answers so many questions for you. It's not like, you know, uh, the the 10 years ago or whatever when everybody was worried about the quarterback getting injured. I mean, I was thinking this. Did Hurts take, like, one bad hit on a on a play where he ran last week? Yeah, Doug said that the other day, that, like, you don't really want the quarterback running 18 times because of the hits oh, he, he did? takes. He, like, oh. <laughs> he ran out of bounds, like, almost did, every time. It, it's it's really funny. It's It almost feels like one of these things that can't be coached because – like when you have like a, a Vic or even I would put Wentz in that, like a guy who runs and you're just, every time you're like, yeah. oh, God, oh, God, this guy's going to get crushed. And then like every offseason, there's the question and, oh, well, you know, have you worked on your sliding? And it like never takes. And then you have guys like Hertz and I would put Kyler Murray in this category, mm -hmm. Russell Wilson. Like they just I don't know if it's instincts, if it's reps, they've been doing it longer. But like he knew exactly when to fight for a yard, when to get down, when to go out of bounds. It was very natural to him. It, nothing looked yes. awkward. There wasn't one run play last week where he thought, oh, man, well, oh, gee, is he going to get up after this? Like, he was totally fine. And so um, I, I don't know. Like, there were plays in this game. You know, uh, I, I wrote some of these uh, 
down here. I think there was like. And a, while you're looking at it, by the way, yeah. the, the the quarterback who who actually does that and, and concerns you is is Carson Wentz. That's the irony of Doug's comment. Is like Carson's a guy who who always invites the contact right. at exactly. the end of the run. You know, so. It was one of the most. It, it was maybe the most impressive thing about Hertz's performance. I thought was just. Um, how comfortable he looked on the field in in every way, like uh, re- uh, recognizing when to flee the pocket. Like it didn't seem like it was like Carson Wentz when he was leaving too early. Uh, you know, the decisions to throw the ball away, even that one play where he like he bided extra time to see if someone was going to come open towards the sideline before throwing the ball away. Uh, you know, the the command during the two minute drill for a rookie, I thought was very impressive. And then, like you're saying, like just his understanding of the space and uh you know when to avoid hits it was it was um impressive i thought especially for a rookie yeah no i, I would uh, i would agree with all those things so uh so what i was saying basically was there were three i think elements one was the quarterback being a big part of the run game which i like i said i find very uh very appealing uh the second one was uh scheming up quick easy throws i mean how many plays was that first drive that they had like it was at least double digits right yeah, I can tell you. Uh, yeah, so, but but on that, like, he, you know, I think what was his longest completion on that play, I think, was one to, like, Goddard, and it was probably under 10 yards, so it was scheming up a lot of uh, easy plays. They did a nice job with the motions and the quick screens and those different types of things, and uh, I'm trying to th- – oh, yeah, and then the third part was the quarterback movement plays, which if you want to look at the one element and say – why didn't they do more of this with Carson Wentz? I think it was the quarterback movement stuff. I mean, they were a hundred percent committed to that. I, I don't have like the I didn't chart this in front of me, but it felt like every possession there was at least one of those plays, and that helps everybody. That helps the offensive line. That helps Hurts. That you know you can uh, capitalize on his athleticism there. So those were the three things that really uh, really stood out to me scheme wise with what they did. That first drive was uh, 15 plays, including 15 penalties. 15 plays. Oh, my gosh. And, and they didn't no, even get no, any points. No, and no plays, uh, no gains over nine yards. There you go. No no gains over uh, nine yards. So it was very methodical. Now, when I did tweet, I think we talked about this in the postgame pod, but there was a question, why didn't the Eagles do more of this stuff with Wentz? But uh, I really did not have that impression watching this game. I mean, you can't do the quarterback run stuff with Wentz. I mean, you could, right. but it's definitely not going to be as good as Zach just mentioned. There's greater risk of injury. There's, uh, you know, risk of fumbles, even though Hertz uh, fumbled the one time. So that was like the core of the offensive approach. And so you can't do that with him. And then even some of the stuff like the quick screens, you know, like there was a play on the first drive. They had like Sanders go in motion to the left on that little like swing screen. That and he up hit him a, right in the hands. Right in, right in right. stride, and he gets yeah. it. And like, I don't want to, I don't want to say Carson Wentz can't make that throw. That would be stupid. I mean, any, you know, every NFL quarterback can but make that throw. But he has not been making that throw. Exactly. Yes. You know, and I, I was just looking up some, uh, some numbers like on target throws, uh, five yards or less. And Carson Wentz has been the worst quarterback in the NFL on those. Wow. Uh, this year, and Jalen Hurts' performance, like uh, it was one game, but he was fantastic on those. And that passes the eye test, right? Like even the yeah. sc- the screen to Rager, like those are simple. E- those are the layup throws that everyone. Oh, why don't they give him layup throws? Well, sometimes you give Wentz layup throws and he misses them. And mm-hmm. the th- thing about those is, if you're playing the way they do, where it was a 15 play drive. 
and no play was greater than nine yards, guess what? If you screw up on one of those, it screws everything up. It screws mm-hmm. everything up. It, it, you really have to have a high degree, high level of efficiency. So uh, that's something, obviously, wherever Wentz is playing, whether it's Philadelphia or elsewhere, the mechanics, the accuracy on those even more so maybe than like the downfield stuff, uh, you know, that would hold you back if you had an approach like this uh, with Carson Wentz. Um, I thought the, uh, the the two things, you already touched on them, but like the two things we saw that people have been asking for from the offense um, that, that had been gone were the quarterback movement, which you already said, uh, you know, we've been asking Doug about that with Wentz all year long, and it's like one or two plays a game. Um, and then, you know, the mesh, which we, you know, we only saw a handful of times in this game, but it was, it was like bizarrely gone from, uh, from the game plan for the past like eight weeks. Yes. I, now, now rewatching it. So I think they called mesh, uh, you know, for those Three who times. are, yeah, for those who are unfamiliar, there's a piece on the athletic from the Eagles Super Bowl year. This is a, a play that. Uh, the Chip Kelly Eagles used all the time. And then uh, Sam Brad- Bradford took it from Chip Kelly and told, I mean, we're hitting on all the Philadelphia favorites here. Uh, Zach's getting excited. <laughs> you throw in a Nick Saban and all of a sudden we're going to have a problem. Uh, and then Bradford, you know, brought it to Peterson and then Peterson used it and then Foles was using it and they killed the Patriots with it in the Super Bowl. But the Eagles haven't used it uh, barely at all this entire year. Now, I don't think that was like the answer to, you know, their problems. I mean, they had a 39-yarder on it, but it really was just Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. Right. I, I don't know if he got the wrong call or what it was, but he totally just – it was a coverage bust, and that's why it was a 39-yard gain. If he's playing where he's supposed to be in cover three, um, it might not even be a completion there. Now, don't get me wrong. I like the play. Uh it's one of the few I like because I can recognize it right away uh, when it happens uh, on TV, and I think they should be using it. But like, and the other two were scrambles, and so it's not right. like yeah, it's not like know. a panacea. But yeah, they it was just cashing. it was funny to see it called after not having seen it called yes. for Wentz. Yeah, uh, I would uh, I would agree with that. Um, so let's see some of the other stuff that's uh, now. By how- the way, I, I wanted to ask you there was a there was a point where um, Quez Watkins was shoving with a guy. Was that Chauncey Gardner Johnson? Oh, I, is I, that I, the answer to your question? I of, missed that, of who's but probably. Okay. Yeah, no, I would. Just, I, I know Chauncey Gardner Johnson. I didn't think he played very well in this game. Uh, actually, obviously, he had that bust. He had a missed tackle. Rager kind of chucked him uh, mm. a little bit on that screen uh, to the right side. But I think yeah, he had a third down stop. And I think he was jawing with the Eagles sideline. And then his teammates were like, dude, get back to our sideline before you get a penalty. That guy's nuts. But uh, how about the zero blitz? To Alsha, a back shoulder to Alshon Jeffrey. I mean, yeah. that was a really nice throw. Yeah. He's getting Gutsy crushed. throw, too. Yeah, he's yeah. getting crushed by Quan Alexander there. Like, you know, Carson Wentz has beaten the zero blitz before, but I, I don't know. Does he try to scramble on that play and end up taking a sack, or does he uh, just let it go? I'm not trying to compare everything like Hurts to Wentz, but I'm just sort of the, the conversation about why didn't they do this stuff Um with Wentz and then not taking the negative plays. You know, I, I wrote down this one play. This is like a really football guy take, but uh, it was uh, late in the third quarter, first down, and they had like a play action and a two-man route concept off play action. They were trying to take a shot downfield, and it was like, you know, when we talked about with Wentz, when he turns around from play action and there's a defender in his face, that's what it was. Malcolm Jenkins was in his face, but he buys time, gets to the outside, and throws the ball away. And so, like, that's a great example of... Yeah, that's a play that Doug Peterson must have loved. 
Coaches yes, love that. Yes, coaches yeah. love that, and that's a play that I think would be a sack a lot of times this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's like a little thing, but yeah, that coaches would love that uh, that he made there. And then you know they ended up uh, getting like a eventually he scrambled on third and four to pick up a first down on that play. So if you take a sack there, then you're probably not doing that. You're probably not you know putting together any type of drive there. And so uh, those were some of the things that that stood out with Hertz in the offense. Zach, do you have any questions for uh, Dr. Kapadia? I, th- I thought that was a great analysis. Uh, from the, I, I'm, I'm curious from the defense if, if uh, how you thought they compensated for 75% of their starters being out. Uh, I think they were just playing a lot of zone in the second half, yeah, and that's yet, what Jim said. Yeah. Well, know, and he said he, he said that that was more uh, about about uh, stopping Taysom Hill from Taysom running. Hill. Okay. Uh, but yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Which I imagine they'll do this weekend too. Right, right Zach. You, yeah, yeah, I think Zach, you wrote that right in the uh, in the beat back and back and forth, or did you say it on the? No, yeah, I think you wrote it right. Yeah, same thing. That they, that would make sense against Kyler Murray and uh, this Cardinals offense, especially if you're. Uh, banged up in the secondary there. I, I think we hit on a lot of the defensive guys. Hargrave's definitely playing better. Uh, Singleton played well. Uh, Barnett was good. Sweat. I mean, uh, I, I love the, uh, the, you know, the Fran Duffy had the clip of the sweat sack against Armstead. That was a sweet sack. That's that's a quality sack right there. Sweet sweat sack. Uh, and also, Bo, you know, I, I would say the strip sack of uh, Taysom Hill. it. Yeah, I think if, if he would have had – so uh, Seth Galina, who is a good follow uh, on Twitter, had a very good breakdown, I thought, of that play where actually and, Sean – And Schwartz called this out. He mentioned Oh, he did? Well. Okay, yes. yeah. Sean Bradley did a fantastic job on that play of just like, you know, the, the old do-your-job thing of doing exactly what he's supposed to do and not getting, uh, not getting uh, faked out by the play action or not rushing up to tackle Taysom Hill or anything like that. He stayed with Emmanuel Sanders like 10, 12 yards downfield. Mm -hmm. And that was his responsibility. And that really created the sack there. Now, eventually Sanders separated from him. So if Taysom Hill has like an extra second there, maybe he's able to uh, unload it and make a play downfield. So that, I mean, that's just a hustle play from sweat. I, I just love the effort with which, he plays. I mean, it burns him at times when they get him, um, you know, he doesn't contain on the edge there and they get him with whatever the bootlegs or the misdirection stuff to that side. But uh, I just love the effort he plays with uh, on every play. And he's been really, really good all season long. He is probably, depending on what happens with Mylotta, he's their best draft pick of the last three years. Wow. Is that true? That's crazy. Don't you I don't know Zach? if my I don't know if my headphones fit on my head anymore, but <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I I I think Josh West playing well, and I I'm, I'm I've asked uh, Matt Burke this, and I've asked Jim Schwartz this. I'm I'm curious if the way he's playing warrants more playing time, or if they think he's playing like that because of the way they're using him. You know, he's coming in fresh, he's mm-hmm. coming in fast. And uh, well, it's and not Burks, like it's not like he deserves to be playing much more than Derek Barnett or anything, because it, it is the it is the two of them yes. together that is that is being uh, you know very productive. But the 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 question being, the Eagles are, are going to have to determine. Well, there's going to be a larger sample size, but after next season, assuming they don't sign him to an extension this off season, like how are they going to approach him? Are, are they going to pay him big money to be Brandon Graham's replacement? Are they going to view him as just like a third rotational end? 
almost what, or I guess perhaps even more, but like uh, you saw with, with Derek Burgess 15, 20 years ago where they let him go in free agency somewhere else. Uh, I'm, I'm just curious the way the Eagles view him internally because so far he's been a rotational end. And the other thing to point out is I don't think this was reflective of Josh Sweat, but the Eagles signed Vinnie Curry before the season, right? Mm-hmm. Because they wanted more depth at that spot. And if if they were sold on Josh Sweat, then maybe they, they just totally commit to a three-man rotation and then have other guys compete for that fourth spot. Well, you've also got a, a high-end uh, rotational pass rusher in Jannard Avery who has been just dynamite. He's on the roster still? He, he was is. active in oh. this game. Oh, did exactly. he play? I don't think he played a snap on defense. Oh, my gosh. That's your fourth-round pick this year. Great. Yep. Exciting stuff. Wow. Vic Torinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Uh, I thought Dallas Goddard played really well uh, in this game. Me too. Uh, Me too. There was this, the play where he had like the 19-yarder on the left sideline. He, he knocked uh, Quan Alexander. What, what, what's, your, what's your preference when you're doing football talk? For butt, do you like butt? Do you like tukus? Rump roast, tush, backside? What do you go with? Mm, hind quarters. Okay. How, how old is Casey now with his birthday? Three. Three. Okay. G- give it a year, and then that's that'll be a good game. You just go back and forth with different names for butt for mm. a few minutes. No. no right now he's me? he's focused on the F word. So we'll, wow, it'll be good, it'll be good to really? get to what? Butt. Really. <laughs> Wait, buried yeah. the lead. Yeah, yeah, this should have let the podcast. No, what? he's well. It's like we. Uh, he's, he's heard he's, dad. He's repeating dad. No, he's he's heard uh, he's heard the word, and he he does a good job of not saying it. But every now and then he'll be like, "We're trying not to say f, right?" Uh, and it's fu- It's also funny because throughout <laughs> oh like the gosh. last uh, six months, he has a lot of words that sound like. Yes, he's saying that's that. what I was gonna say. Uh, like fork. And vacuum. <laughs> when he says vacuum, it sounds like he's saying vacuum. 
Mm. Um, and there's another one. And so, like, there's a lot of uh, F-bombs in his repertoire that he doesn't even know. Um, but then he he also knows the other one. But he, he understands that we're not supposed to say it. So hopefully, you know, he'll forget about that. I feel like that's a nice joy of parenting is when the kids are at the age where they're saying words that, you know, you can look at your uh, husband or, or wife or other grown up in the room and laugh because it sounds like they just said a curse word, even though they didn't. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's fantastic. Uh, anyway, hi. What did you say? Hindquarters? Zach, do you have a uh, preference for this? But. But. OK. Yeah. <laughs> we see. I think we. What, That's a drop we right there. Say, uh, <laughs> fell on his butt, right? We say yeah. bum in the in the in the Wolf House okay. most of the time. Well, he knocked Quan Alexander uh, on his butt on that play, which I thought was uh, was very nice before he went out in his route, and I thought he had other very good moments. I'm a little bit torn on Jalen Rager. I got to say, I know I was all in on uh, Rager. I would like to see a little bit more like uh, fu to his game, to be quite honest. You know, I, I would like to see less like. Like I would like to see a guy who thinks every time he gets the ball, he's supposed to score a touchdown and he's supposed to be like running away from guys and throwing guys to the ground. And I feel like he sort of has, you know, he takes what's there, gets out of bounds. He hasn't shown much emotion. I don't know. Am I I off base here? He showed emotion after his punt return touchdown, I guess. Okay. All right. Um, Should he have laid out for the uh, long pass? I I thought he slowed down. I don't know. I mean, that's what it looked like to me. I don't know if he didn't think the ball was – coming his way, but there was like a deep safety in the middle of the field. So I kind of understand why Hertz was throwing it that way. I, I don't know that I, I would be curious to hear what uh, Rager's explanation would be. I mean, I, I don't know that he would have gotten it anyway, but uh, there have been multiple occasions this year where you're kind of like, it just run full speed. If there's a above a 0% chance that you're getting the ball, then kind of go all out for it. Um, so I, I don't know if he didn't think he was getting the ball on that play. If he thought the play was over uh, I, again, I don't know, but um, I, I don't know. I, I would like to see a little bit more, uh, yeah, a little bit more juice, I guess would, I don't know, would be the right word. Yeah, I think that's fair. Okay. He has this thing where he, like, even on the, even on that play when he ran out of bounds, like it doesn't look like he's running as hard as he can, but he is running faster than everybody, than the other people. Like, yeah, that's true. We would need the data from the, uh, shoulder mm-hmm. pad. I, mean, I, I guess we can look at some of that stuff. Maybe that would be interesting. We can see to if look he, at. if he shows up on those. Yeah. Yeah, all right. Uh, I think those were most of my... uh, Any offensive line thoughts? uh, Offensive line thoughts? No, not really. I thought thought they were fine. I I thought the scheme did a good job of helping them with the the ball coming out, the quarterback movement, all those different types of things. But I thought overall they... My Lada had some like very... Like like the film grinders are passing Mm -hmm. along some clips. Throwing some guys on the ground. Yeah, throwing some guys around. You know, he has some lapses here and there. But... Uh, I can kind of see now why when he was a rookie and like people were going crazy, you know, with the hyperbole, I can sort of see now that if you saw that from a guy who had never played before, like even if it was in practice or whatever, the preseason, that you would be really, really excited about him. So that part kind of makes more sense. I think he's played, I would say, like a, you know, like a top 15 to 20 left tackle. In that's the an NFL? outstanding outcome. That's a great yeah, that's outcome. Not... Yeah. So if that's the floor, I mean, health is a thing. I, I think you got to watch out mm-hmm. for with him. But if he's healthy and he's giving you that, and, and there's huge upside. I mean, there's absolutely a huge ceiling with him. So I, I think we've said it before, but I would be fine going into uh, next year with him as your starting left tackle. And then, you know, making sure you have some kind of insurance there as you would anyway for a swing tackle. Well, so just cue up those uh, those 
February stories that the Eagles aren't shopping Andre Dillard, but if someone calls with a good offer for a former first round pick, you know, they'll, they'll definitely listen. He's really, he's really responded great to the injury yes. mentally. He's doing, I mean, he's taking a huge leap. I mean, I think I said it before, given what I think you would get for him. I think I would rather just keep him as an insurance policy Agreed. as your, as your swing tackle. Agreed. I also, but you also have to think about the optics from, uh, a team that is worried about the optics of their first round pick. I was going to say, I benched. don't have to care about that. I have to care about what's the thing. That's you don't have to care about it. No, both right though. They do. I mean, they well, care about it. Stupid. Give me a break. Well, of course it's stupid, but that's, I mean, that's how they make it. I mean, they've got Gennard Avery active on game days. Like, yeah. I don't know if they're going to be happy having Andre Dillard on the bench. Yeah. I mean, this is a team that, that had Nate Sudfeld active for, for week one ostensibly like to, to justify the fact that he's on the roster and, and Doug Peterson <laughs> saying all along that, that he's the backup quarterback. You right? guys have a, you have a guys have a Di- DiMaggio like streak of uh, mentioning <laughs> Nate Sudfeld mm. on this podcast. I mean, I don't, I, we would need like Dennis or another enterprising listener to tell us if it's been every episode. Poor Dennis is now going to be, <laughs> is now going to be forced into audio searching for Sudfeld every episode. <laughs> I'm curious your guys' opinion on 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 this. And I, I know we're we're tight against time, so maybe it's something we can talk about in the next podcast or next week. But does the way Hertz play played change the way you view the use of the second round pick on him? Because I, we're all on on record with yeah, our thoughts on that. Yeah, day. I don't want to overreact. I, I mean, I still think it was a bad process because I don't think, as we've discussed, I don't think they envisioned this being an outcome sure. where Wentz is healthy, but terrible. But I mean, I, I, yeah, I mean, they are going to get credit if he plays well. And they just said, don't screw around with quarterback. And when you see a guy, you think uh, you like go out and get him. But again, it, it was one game. So we will see. Sure. Yeah. I, I mean, am, if, they, if they turn out to be right in the evaluation that he's like Russell Wilson, they're like that's that they were chasing the ghost of Russell Wilson, then it you know it would be hard to kill them for that. I still don't think it was a good pick for all the see all the reasons we said, um, not just because it you know created this quarterback controversy out of whole cloth, but uh, because like Jalen Hurts was such a prominent player that it's it it, it was um, a stretch to me that they were going to be the one team who uh, you know had the right evaluation on him as a second round pick. Um, so we'll see how it turns out. I don't want to overrate one game, but but that's that was one of the reasons that I really didn't like the pick was the unlikelihood that uh, they were the they were the one team who had the best read on Jalen Hurts as a prospect. Yeah, I'll I'll say that uh, I, I still don't like the pick because if it had any effect on screwing up your franchise quarterback, then that is uh, a disastrous outcome. That being said, um, if J- if if Jalen Hurts if like his ceiling is the way he played on Sunday and, and, and that's what he gives you, then that's probably better than the expected value of a quarterback in the second round. Definitely. Right? Like that. Yeah. So, 100%. so in, in that sense, the evaluation was good. And, and that's also a, a player who can produce value for you down the line. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, sure. there's a, you know, depending on what he does, there's a case to be made that you like, you know, you go out and hire Greg Roman as your head coach, and you you build the Jalen Hurts offense. Yeah. Well, I was yeah. Kind of- so so like Howie's so so Howie's rationale for making the pick could be spot on, 
right? But the the collateral damage, if you will, uh, might be, be be bad enough that's not worth it. By the way, right. I, I don't know that you need to go hire uh, Greg Roman. I mean, I was intrigued watching this game at the idea of like uh, Doug, yeah. like Peterson and Stoutland building yeah. this run based off. I mean, look at what they they just they incorporated all. The, I mean, this wasn't like a simple just run zone read type run game. I mean, they did this with Hertz in a short amount of time. He was he he was running QB sweeps. I mean, you got your QB draws; those are in the playbook. Uh, he's running zone read. He's running QB power. I mean, they did that, all that. That, uh, that option, uh, like that yeah. triple option. Uh, that runs. was like yeah. the sweetest play of the year. I mean, really, and like they executed that. Like I, I, I don't know. That's the type of play that a lot of times this year they try to do it, and it's a complete. It's completely botched, right? I mean, really, how many times this year? I was thinking this too, like. You know, whether it's Dan Orlovsky or somebody else posting a clip on Twitter of like a receiver screwing up or something. I mean, I don't know. Were there any of those? I'm sure those happened this week, but like those happen throughout the course of a game. It's not the reason why your offense is totally should be totally screwed up is because a receiver reads man on a play and the quarterback reads zone like that doesn't hate that happens throughout the course of a game. And so but yeah, I was very impressed with their uh, crisp execution on a lot of that stuff. So I did sort of get a little bit excited about the idea of, a, you know, and maybe it's hurts. Maybe it's somebody else of, of the offense that really has the quarterback being a runner as a big part, a uh, big part of it. Now, I, so your I answer to that question that, that uh, Bo and I debated, which was, would you rather have, have, have Carson and a different coach or Doug and a different quarterback? It sounds like you're leaning toward Doug and a different quarterback. Whew. I mean, you you got me with that eleven and two record mm-hmm. in in non Wentz games or I door mean, number three, I guess. But well, well, do you tell? I forget. Did, did you you who you, you used to Brian Dayball as an example there with Brian, Wentz? Yeah, yeah. just as well, a, yeah. we use like an like an available coach Fuck. or an available quarterback slash. All right, slash so coach. either I'm getting Peterson, uh, Hertz, and, plus whatever compensation you get for Wentz, correct? Yes. Yes. Uh, or I'm getting Wentz, Dayball, and no compensation. Uh, I mean, I, I don't want to go crazy over one game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but I would say uh, I would uh, that the the part of Hertz, Peterson, and the compensation for Wentz right now uh, has brought, might have more appeal for me. I would say. It's a good and one it is to revisit like, in four weeks. It, it, well, it's gonna be. It is gonna be funny because, like you know, these next three weeks could turn out to be completely different. And this game was like the perfect script for the Eagles. Like, yeah. you know, it, it, it Jalen Hurts doesn't have such a good game if the defense doesn't play so well. And and I think maybe we are guilty sometimes of of um, divorcing like the the connection the the connective tissue between the offense and the defense. But. Um, you know, like if if the Saints on their their opening drive go down and score a touchdown, you know, and then and then the Eagles have a 15 play drive with no points, we're all screaming at the TV. Um, so we'll see what we'll see what happens with Jalen Hurts over the next three games. Like, you know, I'm expecting that Kyler Murray is going to be able to put some points on this defense. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, although I would also say that they got stopped on what two fourth two fourth downs, right? Yeah, and they and they missed a field goal, and that was the number one 
rush defense in DVOA. That's now, true. On the other hand, you can say, well, it was a team that had no film on Hurts. So there are all these competing factors, which is all these are reasons why <laughs> we should wait and uh, and see what happens. But we've got a podcast to record. Yeah, which yeah, we shouldn't we shouldn't wait. I hate that. You talk these about are moments the, in time. Yeah, these you are talk time about capsules. the games yeah. that happen, but we should be we should not be drawing any sweeping conclusions even after four games. Now, how did uh, Jake Elliott look on the Squall 22? Yeah, great. I mean, I, can they extend him again? Can they, I don't know, can you guarantee more money just as like a nice gesture? You know, you show to the your locker room that you're keeping your core uh, in place there. Unbelievable. All right. Well, uh, I guess that'll do it for this episode of Birds with Friends. We'll be back on Friday live on YouTube around 1130 to talk about the Arizona Cardinals, Kyler Murray. We've got another very important addition of super storecasting to get to as we get down the stretch here in this Eagles season. So, for Zach, Shiel, and Marissa, I'm Bo, and as always, we love you. <laughs>